This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's session of Bulls, Bears and Whiskey. My name is Felix Ocheng. I'm your host for the day. As we talk about various trends and a few things that have been happening uh, across various financial markets. Um, joining me today, I'm seeing um, Erika Soma has been able to join in as well. Uh, and as usual, uh, we'll also be here with Sam, uh, who will be able to assist us on various, understanding various aspects as well, uh, and trends on the crypto space. And Chuck is in as well, and also uh, Tex Sensei, who's joining us today for the first time. Eric, welcome to today's session. Hi, Felix. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing good, Eric. Uh, we're just doing a round, um, a, a round talk with um, mm-hmm. with the few guys and Eric. One of the things that I'd want you to mention as we go through today's session would be Didi's listing on the on the New York um, Stock Exchange and probably the effects of 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 the the data censorship that um, Chinese Cyberspace Administration really had on the company and the effect that it's really likely to have on the company later on. And then during the same time, I know we've had a few issues as well on the Forex space. We've had a few issues, um, uh, no, not really a few issues, but just the performance of the Kenya shilling against various currencies globally. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. request that Texan say who's into the, who's really into analysis of, 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 of financial products would come in as well. And I know some would be willing to come in as well during that period and just cover that up. And also, Eric, one of the things that we can mention as we go through would be the session, uh, during the session would be the effect of the new taxes that have come in. You're seeing, I know we spoke about that on early on Monday, but also just looking at it from a long-term perspective, what's likely to be um, the, the hit on, on, on companies that are listed on the NSC uh, and also just general the economy. We're seeing inflation is really, it's constantly hitting on guys. So, you know, these are some of the things that I would really want us to talk about in today's mm-hmm. session. Uh, but Eric, I know you've been following up the story about DD listing on, on, on the um, uh, NYSE and probably you, we might just start that off with before we proceed. Great. I think DD was uh, one of those good Chinese tech startup stories, but I think as you've been, as you've been seeing what's happening with uh, the Chinese government when it comes to tech companies, I read somewhere that one of the things that made uh, now they have this challenge with the government, the Chinese government banning them, called the Cyber Administration of China, right? So apparently what happened is that uh, they were told not to go for listing without rectifying some of those issues that the government addressed around data privacy, how they handle the data of users. Right, so that's the mistake that they did. So immediately, they went public in the U.S. markets. The Chinese government, on the other hand, thought these guys are going against. Um, it they had been told to rectify around things around uh, issues around data privacy, but I think that's what they did not do. So, I think now after they went public, I think last week about fourteen shillings per share. Yesterday went up to I was following up on the markets, went up to twenty-five percent. 
then fell down by to around 19%. So I think it, it's an issue. Uh, but I don't know. You know, you've seen what happened to Alibaba, man. Alibaba was a great company, but I think Jack Ma and the government, a little bit of, I think they did not come into terms then. You know, you, I think for investors, the most important thing is you. there's a regulatory uh, sort of headway when it comes to the Chinese government and its entrepreneurs. So, but let's see what's happening in the coming weeks. If they'll be allowed, how will the shares react? Uh, Jim Cram was on CNBC saying, uh, if, if you get the opportunity to buy more of Didi, buy them more. So, but my views are a bit different. Um, I'll be a bit cautious. Hopefully when we start uh, trading some of these global uh, companies soon, this will be one of the opportunities that we, we will have access to. Thanks, Felix. Eric, do you think that we're likely to see Didi come back to... Because right now, as we speak, <clears throat> Didi is actually offline. Uh, Didi is not on Play Store or, or, or on um, App Store or any of the um, any, any any of the application stores that we have for mm -hmm. smartphones. It is not available. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you likely? What would be your 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 thoughts? Because we know the various things that have been with the Chinese from uh, from the periods where we had. Um, the issue with anti-group listing and this doesn't mm -hmm. go goes all the way uh, as dates all the way back to when PetroChina was being listed and i know this week we had a very interesting uh, segment about PetroChina. Uh, for those of you who are wondering PetroChina is holds the record as being the company with the worst um, shareholder loss in history mm -hmm. uh, from being valued at over 1 billion and in the next one year it came all the way down to 600 1 trillion dollars it was actually the first company to hit to value to be valued at one trillion dollars and hit one trillion dollars in market capitalization. But then later on, um, when when guys analysts actually discovered that the company was trading way way about seventy times its value, now uh, the share price declined way way back. And I think last year Warren Buffett actually uh, sold his 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 last shares for PetroChina and gave up on the company. So, Eric, are we likely to see, because we know the issues with Ant Group have also really taken long when we mm -hmm. were actually expecting Ant to list. Uh, Ant, and, and if Ant Financial, Ant Group would, was to list, it would have become the largest IPO worldwide. It would, act, it would have actually hit uh, the IPO for the one that we saw for, um, for, for uh, Saudi Aramco. So, mm -hmm. my thoughts right now is, are we likely to see... Um, uh, is there a possibility that we would see uh, we would see Didi get back onto on, onto these stores, and what what level of impact would that be? Because even on that bit, you see Chinese the Chinese Chinese population is very huge, mm -hmm. and the, the Chinese themselves, the citizens of China, really have a lot of um, issues surrounding their data. Mm -hmm. As much as we, the government has the the Chinese government has a lot of data on its people. Mm -hmm. But the Chinese themselves really have an issue with other apps and other systems really collecting their data mm -hmm. uh, and storing them. And possibly, we never really know what Didi was planning to use this data for. Uh, mm -hmm. What is, what would be the thoughts? Do you think the investor confidence and also the user confidence would still really be back on Didi? I think it would. Uh, you know, one of the challenges when investing in China-related companies is this regulatory risk. And the main challenge for Didi will be, look, 
I think over 90% of their income comes from China, right? If if 90% of your revenues come from one country, that's a bit risky for investors. Uh, so my thinking is, if they manage to resolve this, they are a good company, man. They were growing very fast. I think they were doing uh, in twenty in twenty twenty their revenues fell by slightly by around eight percent. That was in twenty twenty twenty. I mean, uh, before the pandemic, they were growing at twenty percent on average year on year. So I still think I think largely depends on uh, what happens next. But as as you've seen, the gov- the Chinese government can be very tough, man. Wow on its billionaires and entrepreneurs and businesses. So I think that's a big risk and every investor should always be cautious. But my thinking is we'll only get a clearer picture when when uh, these two, uh, when the Chinese government resolves that and allows them and these people comply. But I think that's... Eric, with uh, trading coming in on the HISA app, mm-hmm. are you... Are you likely to buy Didi? <laughs> and and also, Eric, you can just show to the guy uh, who are listening today. When are we supposed to expect trading on Hisa? Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, I think for those who already downloaded the app, uh, thanks for being fast. Of the people trusted us fast. I think when we release out the basic MVP. Uh, Oh, we are working closely with our partners. So, you know, one of the things about about generally some of these things is it, it's it's a financial services product, so it's a bit complex. Uh, I can say what we've been doing uh, on the tech and integration side, we've done a bit of work. Uh, we've done a bit of work still continuing. Uh, so we will be releasing uh, the first uh, we work, work, we are currently trying to test a few things, but we will be releasing this to the, not to the public, but to around uh, 150 to 500 people in the course of next week. So if you are interested in being one of the first few guys to test the global trading, uh, we will be releasing that uh, to a few, to a larger number of users the next uh, week. Uh, we've already we already we are trying to do uh, to test that internally, but in the next one or one week or in a few days time, we'll be releasing that to uh, 500 people to a thousand something like that. They test it out, then we release to the public hopefully before the end of before the end of this month. So right. that 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 that's how the timeline looks like from uh, from a high level perspective. Pretty interesting, and thanks a lot for the updates, Eric. Uh, maybe Eric, I'd, I'd just put you back a little bit now on off off global stocks and getting back into the local markets, and mm-hmm. and um, maybe just hold on to that bit. I'll just move into I, I, I'd move into tech uh, tech and say and just probably ask. Uh, we we've had a lot of issues with inflation, mm-hmm. uh, with the taxes coming into play. Um, mm-hmm. How how have this affected the Kenyan shilling in terms of currency performance? Interesting. Uh, Eric, you can go ahead. So, in terms of how the shilling has been trading, 
uh, I think with the recent um, uh, all these new taxes, I think uh, inflation, I think when you look at it, uh, my thinking is uh, the shilling is quite moderate. Look, I'm not really an expert on the financial markets, but from a layman's head on how I see it, uh, still, I think, still tough. We've been trying to hover, uh, hover there, but it's, uh, not really keen on that end, Felix. Uh, maybe on the the inflation yeah. side, uh, we, we we we've seen the major thing that a lot of guys are really seeing uh, in inflation. Let me just explain to guys who are wondering how inflation would really hit onto us is that inflation basically is the paper value of the money that you have. So what the government and what these new taxes are bringing is, if you had your five hundred shillings, are you likely to use that five hundred shillings tomorrow to buy the same product that you had? It's the same way um, that we'd say that um, a few months ago you were you were able to buy with two thousand shillings. You'd go in and have a refill of your thirteen kg cylinder gas uh, gas cylinder. But right now we are here, and it's shot up all the way to uh, to two thousand six hundred and fifty, the minimum, because of a new tax. So um, inflation would be progressive, but some taxes would push. Uh, some of the rates of products to go up and which in final run would see that inflation would definitely have risen. The same way we are seeing um, some of the things that are coming up. The first bit we are seeing here that um, the, the rate of inflation currently, we, the taxes, definitely the value of stuff have gone up. Um, now that's on the overall economy. Coming in on companies that are listed on the NSE, we are seeing Safaricom and the banking sector being some of those sectors that are really likely to not really be hit, but are likely to hit on to subscribers. Um, because one thing that businesses do for, uh, in case in case you don't understand, one thing that businesses would do is that at any point when there's a new tax, whenever there's a new, um, whenever there's any cost that's likely to affect the operations of the business, every single business out there will always try to push it to the end user. Who's the end user? It's you and me. So what would happen in the long run is that we are always getting to see a lot of other users as well. Not really get to lose money, but you get to bear the burden. And such things would hit onto the inflation cost and the value, the paper value of your money. You'd imagine um, if if with twenty five shillings previously you'd be able to um, you'd be able to talk, have your talk time on your airtime for maybe about 20, uh, sorry, for about 10 or 15 minutes. Right now with 25 shillings, you can barely go eight minutes, you see, because companies have really, really raised their taxes. We're seeing, uh, they, they've had to impose the um, the VAT, which I think is, is a major challenge. Um, and also we are seeing that as well, also on banks as well, which are putting an extra uh they're sending in notes to guys and telling guys you know what we definitely have to charge you more because the government has said we need to charge you more uh, the government is taxing us for for giving you service x so we need to charge you for service x because that is one thing that the government feels really needs to be uh that's a new way the government feels they can be able to generate revenue so one of the things that i think it's also important for you to be able to note is that um one of the ways that governments really like collecting taxes to hit revenue targets 
is by taxing utilities. Our government has really become um, an expert in taxing revenues, where the government would see a point at which they know very well that, uh, sorry, taxing utilities, not revenues. So by taxing a utility, they know that you there's no way that you can be able to really escape that level of, of um, there's no way you can be able to escape a certain level of, 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 of engagement or, or, or of tax um, submission because you really need that utility to be able, mostly if it's already become part of a lifestyle, like um, you need to make a call. As long as you have a mobile phone, you definitely need to make a call. And most people would hardly notice but they've actually been taxed because for for you and for me, if you're using that 50 shillings or 20 shillings airtime, we definitely be able to really just um, pick it up and just proceed one way or another. But now you're seeing with the point of um, the challenges, the long way that it really affects um, telecommunications companies. It affects um, not only t telecommunications companies, but also IT companies. And that's one challenge that I know we're likely to have one way or another. Um, I'll just invite Denz. I'm seeing Denz has joined in uh, and maybe he can just share his thoughts on the likelihood of uh, the effect of some of these taxes when it comes to uh, to, 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 to the tax space. Denz, you'd want to mention something onto that. We're just talking about the taxes. Oh, hi. Nice to be. I'm a bit late to the conversation. Uh, but I'm just going to speak off <laughs> just uh, on top of my head. I don't, I don't have like something prepared. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, like I still think the taxes are too high, um, specifically on tech products. The, because, uh, because I think the way, the way, the way I kind of look at it, it's two ways in the sense that if you look at, uh, first of all, the first level of economic tax you have to pay if you're running any digital business is the crazy fees um, <laughs> that Safaricom imposes on the pay bills. So um, by the time you get your money from your customer to out of the Mpesa ecosystem, you're probably down around, I don't know, 6%. Um, then you add another level of tax. Considering you're running a business that you have a margin of, let's say, 10%, um, I mean, it's it's just crazy high. I, I I don't see any incentives for more people to sort of build and work on that. Um, yeah, but I haven't really looked deeper into the uh, into the sort of bill itself or the proposal. Uh, but yeah, that's just th that's just my rough thoughts. <laughs> All right. Um... Thanks a lot for sharing that, Denz. Uh, Denz, mm -hmm. maybe one of the things that we were also talking about earlier on, which I'd really, I'd really love to know your your thoughts about, would be on 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 onto China. The regulatory space of China has really been a challenge, and we're seeing um, China uh, earlier on, um, early in the year when Ant Group was about to list. Uh, China uh, had a few issues with 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 Ant Group, and they stopped what would have actually been considered as the world's largest IPO. Uh, and now we're seeing that again happening, coming in with Didi, where Didi listed, and just two days after the listing, uh, China came in and said you, they ordered all, 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 um, all app, app, app stores, uh, if I would put it that way. 
I, I don't know how you'd call all all the mobile because um, there's App Store, there's Google Play Store, all of them. Uh, I, I would look at them as App Stores. Ordered all of them to remove DD from their platforms because of violations of data privacy. I know one of the things that you're usually very keen about as an individual is always about um, the, the data aspect for companies and the data that they collect uh, and the level at which they can be able to use that data. And, and I'm just concerned. Um, what, what what do you really think would be the the effect uh, for this for investors and also for the company? Uh, because and, and do you think guys should really be more concerned about the data that they give out there to investors one way or another? Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, um, uh, let me see. Um, so just okay. So my sort of I, I I'll, I'll probably answer this in two ways. So. The first one is sort of, of course, uh, when, when it comes to, you know, such levels of businesses, public companies, there's a lot of politics, uh, yeah, necessarily inside the company and also the national politics. So, and my view is that, you know, China is a really complicated place to understand, you know, like, I think they, they had 100 years, they were celebrating 100 years of the Communist Party, like, a few days ago. And my God, like, it's barely, it's so hard to figure out what's going on in there. So I find, like, trying to to really uh, make predictions of uh, some of the companies within China is crazy. I mean, like, the the amount of Jack Ma, the, the, the amount of crackdown that has been imposed um, on his businesses, it's no one saw that coming. So uh, in terms of data, um, uh, I, 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 I like this. I'm, I'm trying to think um, in terms of um, there are a couple of ways. So uh, if you look at the way the Chinese uh, businesses are usually built, is that you know something like the data is disregarded, right? So you just move, uh, collect as much data as possible. Uh, so then the argument uh, comes to you know uh, sort of if you take sort of uh, data and privacy away from people uh is that good for society is that moral you know and sort of the counter argument is look at the quality of services uh we are providing and look at the value that we are adding to to our consumers so i think a place like china with also the, the set of model the social and political model they have i think the latter argument holds you know is like you know we have to move as fast as possible. We have to build value regardless of the cost and uh, make sure that um, we uplift our society economically. But if you look at companies that are coming from liberal and Western societies, uh, sort of is, you know, user privacy comes first and, um, you know, and value maybe comes later. You have to respect privacy and people's uh, liberty first. So, I think then the question turns into the value of the companies. Uh, so the question I think would be, you know, will you rather own unfinancial or would you rather own uh, PayPal? You know, um, so for me, I think I'll, I'll probably choose and I don't know what your thoughts are. Maybe a, a comment on that. I think if you are bullish on the, on, on the future of say this, uh taxi hailing or car car hailing 
tech startups this this will be a good company for the long run uh, i think when you look at they're also trying to expand into into new areas so i think for me the future it's if if you think these are good buying opportunity then why why not grab it i think when it comes to investing one of the things you learn uh, at times you can pick a company when it's uh, when it's not doing well then it with the potential to do much better in the future so i think the the only worry at the moment is uh, these chinese security props but i think if not for that these guys had very good revenues in 2016 they they actually bought uh, uber's operations in in china so not bad so i think if you are very bullish about this particular industry it's something that uh, it's, it's a counter that you can consider all right um very interesting just to uh, add on the yes sure okay just to add on the dd data issue um there's an interesting argument online they were, they were commenting on the whole thing and when you look at dd it's like the largest right hailing up in china yeah? so they have details of the maps the movement traffic and everything and one of the arguments online was that it's because of this reason that china fears that opening up in the us then it's sort of like giving them leeway to access this sort of data of people's movements maps and everything so it was it was a pretty interesting argument to just coming from that angle with the whole data issue All right um i guess that's that's very interesting and thanks a lot gentlemen for uh, airing your thoughts on to dd spit I, I know that's one thing that uh, we definitely want to look into now on to regional developments um eric earlier this week uh, i know this is a story you've been following so i'll just loop you back in as well earlier this week safaricom was it i think it was actually yesterday when safaricom announced uh, the Global Partnership for Ethiopia, which Safaricom is a majority shareholder, uh, announced that they were picking in um, Anwar Sousa as as the new head, um, the managing director for the Global Partnership of Ethiopia. Um, and generally, we know that this is somebody who has a vast um, experience within the the tech space um, and also within the telecommunication sector. He's been he's he's worked with both Airtel Uganda. He's worked with um with his current he he's currently been in in into in in charge of, of Vodafone um in uh, DRC uh, and he's also been part of revolutionizing. He's revo- he's helping bringing the revolution around mobile money across the countries which he's been part of. Eric um Safaricom, you spoke a few weeks ago. You spoke with Safaricom CEO and he said. Um, their their dreams for Ethiopia. The operations are set to start next year, if if I'm correct. Uh, what would be your thoughts on to having this guy on board, um, Anwar? And do you think he's best fit for the company, uh, for for the global partnerships for Ethiopia? And generally, what what way are we going into? Since this is somebody who has experience from both the tele the telco side and also the mobile money aspect, is that a mm-hmm. win win? I think that was a good choice. Uh, what I took note was, I think, uh, given his experience, both in the telco side of things and uh, the mobile money, and that's what Safaricom really and this partnership uh, for Ethiopia are looking at. 
to offer to offer some of these services i think given i think the peak is it's a good peak for me yeah but looking at some of the information that's publicly available in terms of how its performance has been and i think in drc alone uh, from what i read is that uh, under its leadership uh, is the vodacom drc grew to be the largest subsidiary outside south africa imagine out of vodacom drc grew to be the largest vodacom subsidiary outside outside of south africa and even surpassed 500 million that's uh, 500 million us dollars in uh, in service revenue in 2020 so looks like a guy who knows what he's doing so i think it's a good pick uh, i'll be reporting to the board of the ethiopian uh, entity and to to safaricom uh, ceo so i think it's quite a good pick um uh, i think the only thing now that's spending on his plate is how does he get the services to to the people of ethiopia but i think it's a good pick generally this was a, this was a good pick by safaricom all right um something that's very interesting eric thanks a lot and please keep 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 us updated towards the the the, the happenings um around that that space um also one of the things eric um i'm seeing a question coming in on the open forum where uh, somebody is asking um about the lending and borrowing last week you had a discussion with um cdsc uh, ceo um and this is one thing that everybody is wondering brokers are out here telling guys we do lending and borrowing for your shares what is what is that really about do you have any information on that on on that maybe the last question felix yes yes um yeah yeah that that's actually the last question for you eric i mean uh the last bit of that question not the last the last bit of that question no no when information um surrounding because somebody has just asked on the forum if um mm-hmm. ab- about the lending and borrowing so what mm-hmm. i was saying is brokers are out here telling guys uh mm-hmm. come in and, and 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 lend your shares you know but what mm-hmm. what is this really about interesting <clears throat> so i think it's something quite innovative and uh, in most of these developed markets uh it's 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 really working very well so i think from my discussion with the guy we, we uh i think he, he knows what he's really doing given his experience i think over 25 years in the industry so he understands the local operations very well so we spoke briefly about uh the slb the slb swear by you 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 lend your uh, you lend your shares uh, it it's easier look at it this way uh, you have shares at the nsc right if you have shares at the NSC, then how do you use these shares as part of or lend them for someone to trade and you get uh, some sort of a commission or interest out of it so so this agreement cap uh, this agreement this agreement with say uh, the person that you are lending to you enter into an agreement whereby you will return the securities you lend them on demand then you return them at a future date the person who has uh, the lender now earns cash return from lending out his securities for whatever period that these two parties have agreed uh, have entered into uh, 
think one of the things that have been the CDSC has been trying to uh, what they they got some sort of a regulatory uh, they entered into a, a, a testing sort of environment. I think uh, they are currently from my discussion with uh, Mubesa. I think they are currently finishing that uh, that testing period with a few corporates. Then before they release this to the to the public. So I think it's it's quite it's a it's a it's uh, it's it's a bit of uh, the risk is much lower compared to uh, compared so so people the pension funds and even banks this would be a good uh, a good product for them so I think from my discussion I think they are mainly targeting the institutional investors but I think for they are making plans to lend this out to the uh, to expand to widen the scope and uh, try this even to the public or to the wider general public but the, one of the interesting things that uh, I learned recently is that look we have about 2.4 million investor accounts uh, that's that was something new to me 2.4 million investor accounts in our local market but very very few people are trading uh, so if if you listen to my podcast with uh, Mobesa is that very few people are trying, but they are currently on a campaign. Uh, I'm sure if you're an investor at Tennessee, you received that you've received a text message or an email around uh, to reactivate your share. So I think they want to increase the signups uh, to get more people to trade on the retail side. Yeah, so I think um, the future looks good. So for this product, I think right. once they release the public, but for an an normal investor or a retail investor I think you can reach out to your broker and uh, they can share more details awesome eric uh, thanks a lot for sharing that now i'll i'll just bring back some um into the conversation some uh about um a week ago two weeks actually ago we had uh, the g20 hold uh, their summit um in italy and there, there's been a lot since then um we've seen uh, a lot in terms of also commodities. This earlier this week we saw um, OPEC Plus. Uh, that's the the, the oil uh, producing countries um, set up a meeting where we saw uh, first the first time that we actually saw a public disagreement uh, within the OPEC in 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 I think in in since inception of the organization. And there's been a lot generally um, generally on the global macro aspect. I know that's something that interests you and. We definitely want to touch on that, so I'll just um, let, let let you proceed, Sam. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so we were to have a discussion on bonds, but I'm seeing I'll just comment on the the entire market in its entirety. So that's stocks, bonds, commodities. And first off, I'd like to give uh, a general view of how things are, because just a few minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, um, the FOMC, Released, has released their minutes for last month, commenting on the economy. And this, of course, affects bond prices and stocks and forex. So generally, the mood right now is everyone is looking up to post-corona economic recovery. So ideally, in an ideal situation, you'd expect to start seeing stocks going up because companies are now recovering from the pandemic. And if stocks are going up and companies are recovering, then these companies are investing in one way or another, buying commodities, buying raw materials, buying oil. And this also has led to an increase in commodity prices, yeah? Of which that's what we've been seeing. So if stocks are increasing and commodities are on the rise, then you'd expect bonds to sell off. 
naturally. If I'm a big company, I'll borrow debt so that I can invest in my company. And ideally, I'm supposed to grow faster than the interest rate that I'm paying to the bond that I issued. So bonds are supposed to sell off in an ideal situation and stocks are supposed to also pick up. So it's a, it's an inverse correlation. Yeah. And then, so last, last month, the Fed came out with a statement that um, the economy might be heating up. So remember when, when the economy starts growing, people start having money, people start spending, companies start growing and this creates inflation. So, when inflation starts coming in, then it's up to the central bank of the country to try and mitigate that. Remember, every central bank has a dual mandate. One is price stability, and then the second one is now growth, which can be monitored in terms of employment and statistics like that. So the Fed said we'll start to increase interest rates and try and reduce the supply of money, which is called tapering. And so these, these are statements that came last june last month of which now 15 minutes 17 minutes ago they've released the entire minutes of the meeting of which i, I can send to the group a link so what you're really trying to look at at the moment is if the fed feels like things are heating up then their bonds started to 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 again rise so there was an increase in the price of bonds from mid june last month till today and then the stocks also today during the week, there's been a, a sort of a hiccup and the stock started falling just a bit. And then also, now this reflects to the dollar. If you're going to reduce the supply of money, then the dollar is supposed to be expensive. So the, the dollar itself was, it had really strengthened. In fact, even today, there was a huge move on the dollar. So now we are assessing, actually, I'll just send the, the links to the meeting, the minutes of the meeting. So basically, we're trying to gauge what's the stand of the Fed, and that's going to determine how you look at all these markets. Because you remember there's a relationship between stocks, bonds, commodities, and currencies. They're all related, and there's a way you can just look at all of them intertwined because they're part of the economy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm already seeing things like... Um, I'm already seeing things like um, substantial further progress. So when you're going through the Fed minutes, you're supposed to just have to pick some nuances from what they're saying, because it's usually they try and not be so direct so that they don't impact the market as much. But already the bond markets have started moving and reacting to this news. There's some volatility there. If you check the, the Bund, that's the German 10-year treasury. And also the US 10-year treasury is already on the move. And also the, the dollar, which as you, if you go back to your charts, then you'll start seeing there's some volatility over there. So as you go on to the next hour, to the next couple of days, this might detect how these assets move in general. So yeah, that's just a nutshell of what's happening at the moment. Cool, all right, uh, that's very interesting. And <laughs> thanks a lot, Sam, I think uh, to some extent. Um, I, I, I know everybody's technically wondering too much information but too much information at times it's actually good information maybe some uh you can be able to share with us the link for uh for 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 the fed minutes the one that they've released um and then you yeah, can yeah. possibly just uh yeah just share that with us i know everybody's technically um one way or another really looking into 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 into, into that um i i i honestly 
probably outside that, the only thing that we haven't touched on today would be onto the blockchain space. Because um, I think we've covered onto a bit of local markets and also onto um, Sam has given us an overview of the global space and also uh, Dan's and Eric also touched as well on on a few um, tech companies on, on one way or another, um, focusing mainly on what's been the talk of the week and also something as well that's been on the top of the week uh, on, 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 on investors um, concern, not really concern, but really space. If you uh if you if you got through the hisa newsletter on on monday you definitely had a look and and it's all about um blue origin and um and 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 virgin galactic um one way or another uh something interesting as well um on 11th we'll definitely be looking and i told you guys during markets monday that we were really going to watch just how um to what level uh will will virgin galactic stock really perform um, week on week. And just to give you guys an update, despite um, Richard um, Branson going going into into space on uh, in in within the next five, four days, actually on 11, that will be on Sunday. Um, if you look on the five day trend for the company, it's been on the gain, but on today's session, uh, it's dropped about 4.17%. That's 4.2%. We definitely be looking as well onto just how, um, what level of of impact would would that have as well? Um, so I know I know that's one one thing that everybody everybody is technically really um, hoping to look into. Uh, for Amazon, on the other hand, we'll look onto that next week when Bezos will be headed to space about eleven days after after Richard Branson comes into play. Uh, on the local market space. NBV still continues to lead. I really don't know what's picking up on Nairobi Business Ventures, honestly, in my opinion, amid the restructuring. I think the company still really has a lot um, in terms of changes to really do just before we start seeing a little bit of a positive edge um, onto these um, companies. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a secret organization, a secret, secret Reddit for Kenyan stocks where guys are actually pumping... Um, stock because today we're also seeing CIC has picked up the rally but that is after they made a few changes onto their board yesterday um, which I think is something as well that's very interesting now maybe the final bit um, of the session definitely we have to touch on to the blockchain uh, space because uh, that's one thing that our guys who tune in on Wednesday really really love uh, I'd, I'd just bring back um, text and say to the to to the chat um, there's been a lot of um, focus onto the crypto, the cryptocurrency space. Uh, we've not seen any really major movements onto uh, the Bitcoin. Um, uh, generally, looking at it all the way, the cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, looking at it on the altcoins, um, the stablecoins. What's what's really moving that space? Is it? Can we now consider that probably it's hit onto a sense, um, onto a bottom? Uh, and probably what would be your take as well onto the crypto space moving forward? Uh, text and say, yeah, if you can just unmute.
All right. Uh, okay. We can seem to hear you on the other hand. Uh, Sam, you'd want to chip in onto something, uh, onto that bit? The crypto space. Yeah, sure. Um, generally, the blockchain space, what's really happening? Because it's been, it's been quite an, an unusually silent week um for, for the crypto space we've not really seen anything since china really started doing that um going against the offensive on the crypto space we've really had a very silent uh, past two two to three weeks have really been calm uh though we're seeing the volatility um index for most of the cryptos have really really risen um and we're seeing also the loss rate um also really continuing we don't really see guys really making those huge moves that we used to see and also i know there are a lot of wells which are moving uh the the, the bitcoin wells really just trying to possibly i'd say really exit there are a lot of companies which have also bought into 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 cryptos um listed companies into in in various markets uh, microstrategy being one of them and also tesla so i know last week um yeah, a week ago there was that news about Tesla starting to accept Bitcoin, um, to accept Bitcoin once again for payment of cars. But I think that, um, I don't know if that will really last long. Uh, so I know that's really a major challenge that we, that, that, that guys would really technically just be concerned about in one way or another. Okay, um, I think generally, if you look at, say, the Bitcoin curve and the charts for Bitcoin, you'd realize that there are extended periods where the market is like on this insane bull run. And then after some time, there's like months where the market is just quiet. Testing point last year before we had the bull run. So what's going on right now, I think is normal. And it's to weed out guys who just invested because of excitement. Because if you just look at the historical prices it's it's what what what's happening right now isn't quite new and i believe after a couple of months we might have another bull run or a bear run or but the market usually has these instances of activity inactivity activity inactivity between couples of months and now that like institutional investors are getting in then you know they they invest for like mid to long term so you might see little activity, but probably some big money is still in there. And it's usually over five, 10 years. So I think that explains the inactivity at the moment. All right. Um, so I guess I guess that's one thing as well that we'd really be looking into. I'm seeing Eric, you had muted you. You had unmuted. You wanted to uh, add something on to that? Not really, but maybe a comment on that will be on uh, no the vol no, no, not not many investors can handle that volatility of Bitcoin. I think the major the major news that came out was I think uh, when El Salvador uh, passed to passed when the country became a legal tender. I, I don't know when that should be implemented around I think September if I'm not wrong. Uh, but I think now. The U.S. the U.S. government uh, telling us this country to be very careful with the new legislation. So, yet, but I think I think how you should see Bitcoin should be in form of 
an investment asset. So either the best approach to some of these products is what some was saying, hold them for the for a bit of a longer time. So don't worry about some of these short-term uh, declines or uh, volatility. So if you're looking at it from a long a long run, I think uh, you can get some of it. So that's how I view it. I think in my opinion, despite the China crackdown, I think the future where we are headed, it's really hard to fight some of these things. So it should be like more of like trying to accumulate some bits of gold or something like that. I, I personally view Bitcoin as, as something that we, you can hold it for gold, like the same way you'd hold gold. So like a mineral, but a currency for the internet. So that's how I view it. Interesting, Eric. Uh, I, uh, as we conclude, I saw today that there is um, a f- the, in, in, in previous, uh, a few decades back, in in 1966 uh guys guys were actually uh there, there are a lot of companies that were really against um uh the the mobile um telecommunications companies and then in early in 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 around about 20 years later when the internet was picking up and now mobile companies were now against the internet um and they were saying this is a fraud and Look at where the internet is and the internet is internet is barely 40 years old so it's actually barely 30 years old so um one way or another you know these are things that are likely going to change the world so we hope that cryptocurrencies would also come in one way and create change uh for individuals and also for investors one way or another so um i believe that's it um for me Personally, uh, that's it for all of us uh, during today's session. Maybe we just have um, a one-minute round as, as as we go through um, probably final words uh, from Sam, uh, Dance, and Eric. We can probably start um, with Sam and then Dance and then Eric as we conclude today's session. Thank you. Um, uh, sorry, Felix. Sorry, Sam, for cutting me in. I've been listening. I think that's it for me also. Um, there's nothing much I can add about. Yes, sorry, it's okay, um, Yeah, so saying. Okay. I'm sorry, Sam. I just had a question regarding the um, the is this lending of shares. I didn't want to interrupt there because it was flowing nicely, but there was something I didn't understand. Uh, maybe we'll tackle this later, some some other day. But I'll just I'll just ask it so that it stays uh, within the space. Uh, when you lend your sh- your shares or, or uh, securities, do, do, when you get them back at that time, you get at, at the point you get them back. What do you, what guarantees the value that the value will stay the same as when you gave them out? Uh, because I'm assuming the person who uh, borrowing them. Will be trading them and won't, won't just be keeping them for dividends or uh, for in interest on dividends. So, what guarantees that it will come back in the same value as when you lent them out? So, yeah, that's that's that. That could be a question to con- to be considered for the next time we tackle something like that. But otherwise, thank you guys for the discussions today. I was enjoying. It. I was listening. 
Awesome. Eric, I don't know if we can, we can invite someone from CDSC for next week's uh, Bulls and Bears session, I think would be interesting because I know a lot of people would really be interested into, um, into knowing a lot about the SLB, including just the limits, because I know there are various limits and restrictions before you can be able to invest into, 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 um, before you can be able to lend out your shares. Uh, there's a value which I know they also give guys uh, and some of them also have a little bit of a closed um, picture. So Eric, I don't know if we can task you with that and give us somebody from CDSC next week. Okay, uh, that's fine. Uh, I think we can coordinate with Felix and uh, see if we can get someone from CDSC of, uh, in our next week's uh, Bulls and Bears forum. Yeah, definitely would be good. Chuck, I know during then you'll definitely get your 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 um your answers uh, back in. Thank you. All right. Thank awesome. You. Okay. All right. Uh, Dens, uh, some final words. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. I. 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 I my thinking is, you know, um, if if you sort of look at how really the world I'm a, I'm a, like or, or just how people really interact with products nowadays is that um you know the world is getting more global than ever right so we can't really uh when, when you're when you're building businesses um i think the thing for us to think even as a nation even us as you know investors and entrepreneurs is you know how how how, how can we be able to compete on a global scale so and how really that affects the question on taxation was, you know, it, it's so hard to when when this ta you have to pay all these taxes, you really have your honor is really reduced, and you find that the companies, especially these internet companies that are coming up, uh, they're gonna have a hard time trying to compete globally because um, it's so hard to build like good solid internet businesses when policy does not support that. So I think how you we can stimulate growth there is by just increasing supply and how we increase supply of money and people coming to do businesses online is just by not taxing them a lot. Um, yeah. Interesting words. Uh, so maybe I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, it, 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 it's quite unfortunate, mostly for the local space, that uh, you can actually get um, tax heaven, uh, free space for you to, for two for a whole two-year period. If, if you are to, to set up your business in Dubai today as a Kenyan, uh, you'd get that. And, and in Kenya alone, the taxes just for you to, to set up shop before you start uh, would definitely be a whole lot of... of, of, of um, of expense for you as an investor. So I know those are some of the challenges that um, as a country we're technically facing locally and I really hope that these are things that can be really um, looked into one way or another by policy makers. Um, I mean, if I just add something small around that, I think the biggest lesson is just the internet itself, if you look at the 80s, uh, when people are building softwares in their garages, there was practically no regulation there, right? So uh, when Reagan and, you know, the whole Washington was going after the oil companies and the Wall Streets, um, people, the internet businesses, since they're not regulated, they just boomed. 
So it's the same case with China, right? Like the regulation, state-owned enterprises across all types of activities, but internet was just a gray area. And now these internet businesses are the most profitable ones. So um, I, I, I still really am counter against the argument that, you know, we need to tax people to get out of debt. I think probably the reverse might be true. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I really enjoyed the forum. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Denz. Once again, I think whenever we have um, a, a talk uh, a talk about mm-hmm. tech, uh, we'll definitely be on the lookout and just have you uh, on, on, on board uh, as well. So uh, I guess that's it from all of us uh, today. Uh, Eric, some final words. I know you're the only person who's not uh, said one last bit. So Eric, just um, some final closing remarks for about a minute and then we close. Thanks, Felix, for the uh, for chatting today. Uh, thanks for the for the participants who tuned in. Uh, for us, I think this is always a good opportunity to get what investors are thinking. Uh, but we've been quite uh, quite uh, quite busy for the last. We're trying to make sure we have a good product in the next few weeks. Uh, but I think expect more of these uh, more of these open forums. But uh, generally, looking forward to the next one uh, uh, to the next chat. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, gentlemen, for coming in during today's session. Uh, next week, we'll definitely be able to have a one-on-one conversation with somebody from CDSC uh, so that we be able to engage um, uh, the, the overall um, market performance in detail and also the systems of how you can be able to work on to the lending and borrowing of your shares. I know most investors have their shares uh, in CDSC accounts locked in for uh, a long period, mostly for those who are long-term investors. And there are a lot of ways in which they can be able to get their shares to probably give them um, market returns and also just work for them as well as they hold them um, onto these various accounts um, across um, the depository. Uh, thank you all for joining today's session. See you guys again next week, same time for Bulls and Bears, um, for Bulls, Bears and Whiskey event. Um, on, on Friday, you'll definitely catch us um, in the afternoon with Ali Mokaneno as we talk uh, about various trends um, across various spaces, really regarding um, the We're Curious podcast. Thank you all and have a lovely evening. My name was my name is Felix Uchang and I was your host for the day. Bye-bye.